What up, though? Welcome to the Fat Boy MMA Podcast, where we talk about everything combat sports, but mainly MMA. If you want to hear a couple regular MMA fans talk about MMA history, notable fighters, up-and-coming fighters, and everything in between, then this is the podcast for you. Now, I should warn you, we're not professionals, but we are big fans of combat sports. Now, if that sits good with you, grab a beverage, sit back, relax, and let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Fat Boy MMA Podcast. I am your host, DC. And, of course, I got my co-host here with me, Locke. Hey, how's it going, everyone? So, the one that we have for you all today is actually an episode that I wish we would have did a little bit ago. Uh, We talked about it, but couldn't fit it in. And there's been a few changes since we uh, actually talked about it, but... Today, what we want to talk about is, uh, you know, we previously talked about Misha Tate's return to MMA, a return to the UFC, and we actually want to talk about her move down to 125. When we initially talked about it, it was only rumored or her mentioning maybe a move down, and she was doing some back and forth on social media. But since then, we have an officially scheduled fight for her at 125. So before I dive into any kind of questions or anything like that, I actually want to throw a open question out to you, Locke, because we really didn't have a chance, as I mentioned, to talk about really dive into whether she should or shouldn't go down to 125. So I want to throw out an open question. Do you feel like this is a good move? And if so, why? Yeah, I think it's so good that we should have covered it a month and a a month ago when I brought it up. (laughs) That's how good I think it is. No, it's it's an interesting move. And it's weird because uh, my opinions vary. So when we talked about Misha Tate last time on the show, I was saying that I felt like she still had enough to keep competing at the UFC level. And what I said was, I don't think she's got another title run in her, but I think she could still have some interesting fights, you know, some, some fight night type stuff that people want to see that could still sell. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, I think her going down to 125, I think it could be a good career move and would put her on a better trajectory towards a championship run. But I also think it takes away some of the interesting fights and matchups too. If that makes sense. It does make sense. And yeah, the I definitely think that it's a better career move, at least for the short term. Um, either way, I don't feel like she beats the champion in either division. Of course, the champion right now at 135, she's not going to fight because... Friend of hers, Pena, but let's say Nunez wins the rematch with Pena. I really just don't, you know, see her with her style beating a Nunez. I I also don't see her beating Valentina, but I actually think she has a better chance to beat Valentina than she does Nunez. Although, as you know, I think Valentina is the better fighter between you know, herself and Nunez, as I always say, I'm a big styles make fights person. 
And um, especially depending on how Misha's able to carry her weight at 125, she's probably the biggest threat at 125 to Valentina. So um, I'm in agreement with you. I think it's a good move. I think it's definitely an extension of her career. I don't think she's fought anybody that's currently fighting at 125. Definitely not in the top 10, I don't believe, which means she has a whole set of fresh people down there. And right away, you know, her being a big name and a former champion, you know, she she got Murphy and Murphy, I think, is like number four or something, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm she's looking like at the number UFC three. rankings. They got her at three. Yeah, so, um, and I think this is a very, very winnable fight. So, um, you know, I think it's a good move also. Um, before I dive into questions specifically, anything you want to throw out there just from you kind of looking at the landscape, looking at 125 or whatever else you found kind of doing your research? Yeah, so I think one of the, the first obvious things is as far as the reason I think she could have some more success there. You, you mentioned like her big name and it being a career extension. So her last loss, her last fight was a loss. Uh, Vieira's now ranked number five in that division. Um, mm-hmm. Before that, she beat uh, Renault, who is now ranked... It looks like she's not in the rankings. Um, So now, even after losing to a number ranked five fighter who moved up, so she was probably seven or eight when they fought, she goes over to that division and still moves up in the rankings as if she'd won because she's at a new division. So she goes from losing to the new fifth ranked fighter to moving up to take on the number three. So we know UFC matchmaking, that puts her one win away from a title fight. Now I would like to see her put in two or three fights first to make sure that her body's adjusted to the new weight class. Uh, you know, weight cuts can be tricky. Um, you know, just cause it goes smooth the first time doesn't mean the next one will be like that. But right. I think, I think it's good because, I said it's her best opportunity to put together a championship run, which means I think at bantamweight, she never even makes it to another title fight. I'm in agreement mm-hmm. with you. I don't think she wins the title in either division. And it, it feels mean. It just feels like I'm shitting on Misha Tate, who I'm a fan of, and I don't mean to. But I don't think she beats either of those champions. But I think she has a a shot at making to to the championship, you know, a championship title fight at 125. I still yeah, think no, she loses to Shevchenko. Yeah, I totally agree. And one of my questions I was actually going to ask you was, what do you see as her path to the title? And so, you know, to the point that you made, it's the UFC. She can go out and put on a really good performance against Murphy and get a title shot next. That's not what I would like to see because I think if you you beat Murphy and then you get a title shot next, it becomes where do you go from there if you don't win, right? Cuts everything too short. 
to your point, I would like to see her fight two to three people um, ahead of Murphy in that division. Uh, two people that I would love to see her fight, and I think she can beat both of them. Uh, Caitlin Chukagian, who is currently on a three-fight win streak. Um, I would love to see that fight. I think she would give Caitlin a lot of trouble. Um, Caitlin's a you know taller girl, but Misha's used to fighting taller girls at 135. I don't think it'll cause big problems for her. Um, and then Jessica Andrade. Uh, which I think Misha's wrestling can kind of negate Andrade's wrestling, right? So I would love to see her beat Murphy and fight one of those two, preferably Caitlyn next because of Caitlyn's win streak. I think it'll be more impressive and look better on Misha's record. Um, And then maybe Valentina after that, or go ahead and make the definitive mark and beat Andrade. Um, I would love to see that as her path. So now she's carved out a good, you know, two to three fights in that weight division. As you mentioned, she gets a chance for her bite adjust and everything like that. Get a chance to push her cardio, see how it's going to be in that new division based on her new diet and everything. And then go after Valentina. And one of the reasons why I give her a chance with Valentina as I mentioned, she's used to fighting bigger girls just like Valentina was. So I think it's a plus there. Also, um, um, Juliana Pena, in my opinion, gave um, Shevchenko her biggest um, her biggest opposition in the cage. Although, you know, you look at it on paper, Valentina beat her you know, round two submission. But that wasn't a easy fight. It was a very close fight where there were a lot of areas where uh, Pena was winning that fight. And then, you know, Valentina being who she is and being slick was able to pull off the submission. But now you take a Misha Tate that's won a cup when adjusted. And then she trains with Juliana Pena to learn the things that Pena learned fighting, you know, fighting uh, uh Valentina, although I think Valentina has gotten a lot better since then, but still, um, and I think it helps you with a chance of being able to win. So to your point, um, I see this as an easier path. I see it as I definitely think she can get to the title. I don't believe she wins that title, but I definitely see her getting there. But I still think she has a lot better chance of beating, um, you know, somebody closer to her size that she could at least grapple with versus going and trying to fight Amanda Nunes again. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? Are you what you saw as the path to the title? So I can, uh, I definitely agree. Uh, so Chikagian's, um she's a free agent right now. Ah, so she doesn't have a contract right now. So I do think one of her big advantages is her height. And Misha Tate has fought a lot of taller women, which is something I want to get into because I know we discussed that a little bit when we talked about Misha Tate the last time, too. Mm-hmm. But it looks like Andrade is fighting Amanda Lemos in April. 
Yeah. So I don't know when. I don't know when Misha Tate versus uh, Laura Murphy is. I think it's in uh, end of no mid March. I think it's only a couple of weeks away, if I'm not mistaken. I can, I'll check real quick while you're talking. Um, but I think you could put the winner against Misha Tate and Lauren Murphy. Against it's May May fourteenth. May fourteenth. So that's about a month after the Andrade fight. I think. I think it has to be Chikagian because the Andrade versus Lemos fight would be first. And she, if, if Andrade wins, which I believe she will, she'll probably get a title shot. I'm guessing. It's not, that's the thing the the division is so thin. Um, you know, I would love to see like some of the people that they probably are thinking about cutting from 35. I would love to see them try and get them, you know, maybe at the UFC Performance Center and get them down to 25 and put some new blood there. Like, uh, you know, somebody we've talked about a few different times on the podcast, um, uh, Beche Koea. You know, I think she's lost her last two. I think she's undersized for 135. The the, the issue is she... Um, you know, she's bottom heavy, as we talked about before, but that could be a positive with getting her down to 125. I think she has that extra weight, so she's fighting up, but I would love to see her come down and put some new blood down at 125 because the issue is Valentina's just going through the girls down there so so fast, you know, so I think they need some, um, I think they need some new blood. So this is what I think we should do. I got it figured out now because I've kind of looked. I know you do. Uh, should I call Dana right now or wait? I'll, I'll hit him up when I'm done. <laughs> With me and you, will workshop okay. it, and then uh, we'll park a lot to call in Dana. We will take care of that later. But so this is what I'm thinking. Andraz just lost to Shevchenko. You know, she's got 1-1. One, one. You know, she has one win, and then she had lost to her in her last fight. I think... Uh, Caitlin's on the bigger winning streak and she's a free agent. I say you give her a big title shot, throw her some real money to get her the new contract in that Shevchenko's next fight. And then we got April and then May, Tate and Lauren Murphy versus Andrade and Lemos. Those winners fight each other and then they get the next title shot. So I think Misha Tate's path would be you know, you got the Laura Murphy fight, and then after that, whoever wins out of Andrade versus Lemos. And Misha Tate's significantly bigger than both of them, and I can see that being a fight where we finally have a pretty interesting fight at 125 because she goes in and really throws either one of them a beating mm-hmm. and looks real dominant. And, you know, we love a person that's already got a name that changes divisions and then puts a couple wins together. So I think that's a good opportunity right. for her to get a win and then get a dominant win off a smaller opponent who I think she matches up well with both of those ladies. And, uh, you know, you get the title shot. Yeah, no, I like that one. I didn't know that uh, Chukagian was a um, was a free agent right now. So that makes sense. And, yeah, I think Andrade will, you know, win that next fight. 
she has been one of those people that um you know how you have those fighters that seem to beat everybody except for the champion andrage is stuck in one of those pockets right now if you look at all of her losses like in the last seven eight years it's only been to the champion wherever she goes she beats everybody and she loses to the champion right um she had her one you know her one um you know um big victory when she uh you know beat rose with that that slam but then of course you know she lost to Wei lee and then they uh once rose beat Wei lee came back and um or yeah, Rose beat Wei Lee, came back, and then, um, you know, they fought, and Rose won uh, the rematch, which is the reason why she even went up to 25, and then, of course, she beats a couple girls and then loses to Valentina, so um, she's in one of those tough spots where she's really, really tough, she's good, and I really think she's one of those people that there's, she doesn't have a good division spot really because of her height, you know, she's, I think she's five two, five three, something like that, and so she's always fighting bigger girls, uh, but she's a little tank, and, you know, she does really good, so, but her, with her wrestling and the way that she fights, I think that would be a really good fight for Misha Tate if they can't, for some reason, you know, bring Chukagian in, um, I'm not sure that Chukagian wants another title shot. Um, you know, I think uh, Valentina beat her up pretty pretty good in that first one. <laughs> she might want to go try her hand over an Invicta or something. But hopefully they can re-sign her. They need to. I mean, who else in, in that division with any kind of name? She's not a big name, but if you watch MMA, you know, you, you know who she is. Who else in that division with any kind of name that's on any kind of win streak, right? Let alone a three-fight win streak. So I think they need to re-sign her. I think they, they need her there. And, you know, if she was next, that would be a great uh, a great story for Misha Tate beating Murphy and then fighting Chukagian, who's on a, a win streak, to now sell the fight against, um, you know, uh, Misha versus Valentina, you know, because with a lot of these things, as we know, to really get the fight, you have to be able to sell the fight and two wins and one over, you know, a girl that's on a three fight win streak in the division. And you're, you're talking about at that point in time, you will have beat, uh, you know, you will have beat number three and number two. Uh, that's pretty big. And like I said, if you if you want to squeeze Andrade in after that, you beat three, two, and one. There's no doubt as to you know. There's there, nobody can say you're not next in line for that title shot. Um, I just hope that the UFC doesn't push her too fast. I don't want her to fight Murphy, look really dominant, and then fight Valentina. I don't want that either. I got a feeling that's what's going to happen just because there's not a lot going on in the division. Uh, but I really think my path would work a little bit better. And I know Chikagian took a beating last time, but what else are you going to do? Like, she's legit the best option there. I, I would rather go, like, beat up Paige Van Zant in bare-knuckle boxing 
<laughs> then have to fight Valentina again. You and this bare knuckle. <laughs> They're paying good money, man. Yeah, to you. I, I know you got a side deal. <laughs> I know you cut a side deal. <laughs> like, listen, all you have to do is mention us three times per episode. Don't worry about it. The money's coming. <laughs> Look, we're talking about Misha Tate going to 125. How could you possibly bring up bare knuckle? Exactly. Watch. I can I do got it. This. Watch me. Watch me work. So now this brings up another question as we're talking about her career trajectory, everything like that. Let's say she beats Murphy. She beats either Andrage or Chukagian. So she beats number three and either number two or number one, right? And then she loses to Valentina. What mm-hmm. after that? What does she do? Does she hang him up? What what's the what do you see as the move after that? Because as we talked about, we know she likely wasn't going to get a title shot at 35. This would be her big title shot at 25. Wouldn't be that easy to work back up to it again. Where do you go from there? What I think you can't do is jump weights again if you lose. And this is why I think mm-hmm. it's a little bit risky because if you go to 125, you go on a winning streak, you get a title shot, that's great. But if you lose to Valentina, I feel like you almost have to hang it up. Because if you lose to Valentina, then you go back up to 135. Now we're re-reinventing ourselves again at another weight class. And that's you know, kind of like what Cowboy did. You see uh, Anthony Pettis did it a lot. I don't mind people that change a weight class and commit to it. But when you start hitting these streaks and you start going up and then back down and then up and then back down, I don't think it's good physically for you. And I think it shows in a lot of their performances. And that's why I think if she stays at 135, she's got a little bit more Kevlar as far as taking some losses. Because at 135, I think she could just take interesting fights. Like she could maybe fight Rocky again or... You know what I mean? Just uh, a fight that you could sell, not necessarily a big title pitcher fight. And Mm -hmm. I think you can lose those fights and still come up with an interesting fight because, you know, you see Nate Diaz is out doing it. He's not in a title contention in any division, but everybody can't wait to see who he's going to fight and he will get a big fight because he's Nate Diaz. You know, I think she could do that for a Mm -hmm. little bit. And even, you know, be able to absorb a couple losses. I think you go down to 125, you make that title run. If it fails, that's it. You got to call it. Yeah, I think the reason, though, why Nate Diaz, Nick Diaz, Connor, they're a little bit different than everybody else for a few reasons. One, they don't fight that often. You Mm -hmm. have a chance to love the character that has been built up. And forget about that last loss, right? When you're fighting regular, it becomes a lot harder to sell that when you're, you know, getting beat up. Particularly when it's not like the fight itself, you actually slugged it out, had the other person in danger or anything like that. Most of Misha's losses um, were pretty one-sided pretty lopsided you know even if we go back to we talked about you know her her biggest win against holly home you know she was getting battered that that fight 
and pulled off a Hail Mary. So that's one of my issues with her at 35. Um, and she's 35 years old. She's not that younger spring chicken that can bounce around like a young, uh, you know, cowboy or, or some of those people that, that tried out different things when they were younger. Um, I think it's a little bit, you know, a little bit, a little bit different there. And I think she's less likely to take the punishment at 125 that she would at 135. Um, I, I just give her a better overall chance. And I think if she still wanted to fight after, and I don't know how many fights are left on her contract, but if she still wanted to stay in the fight game, there's a lot of uh, women over at Bellator that she could fight at 35. I'm sorry, at 25, right? So I think there's more avenues there. I think if she loses to Valentina, um, you know, once again, after, you know, two fights or so at 125 and then fight Valentina and loses, um, I think if her contract is not over, she takes, you know, one, two more 125 fights to get out of that contract and then, you know, jump over to Bellator somewhere else where her big name would bring her even more money and she has another chance at a title. It just gets really difficult, um, you know, for some of these fighters. You can only give people so many title shots and really sell it. And as we know, the UFC is all about selling. That's what it really comes down to. Does it sell? And when you're a larger-than-life name, Diaz Brothers, Connor, everything like that, and once again, you lose, but you wait a while, and you let the people demand that you come back, we can sell that. If you're fighting, you know, two, three times a year, it becomes a lot harder as you start racking up those losses. See, the problem, I think, with, like, going to, like, Bellator or something like that for Misha Tate is I don't think she needs the money. I mean, I know she was like a vice president with one, you know, a legit executive job. I'm, she seems to me to be somebody that's doing fine financially. So I really think she just kind of has that, uh, you know, the Rocky Balboa, there's just something left in the cellar kind of thing. And I don't know that even dominating and winning the championship over at Bellator is going to scratch that itch for her. You know, I think it's the UFC title or bust. And and I do want to put a caveat. I think that if she loses to Valentina, you call it a wraps. That's if Valentina really be- throws her a beating. You know, say Misha goes in there and she loses a, a close split decision, or even if she lives a hard fought decision, then you can look at making one more run back at it or a rematch, something like that. Because like we said, there's not much in the division anyways. So she'd only be mm-hmm. one more win at that rematch. But that would be for real, for real it, I would say. But- so what, what I heard you say was we take my original scenario. She beats Murphy. Then mm-hmm. she beats Caitlin. She fights Shevchenko. She loses. She comes back out, she beats Andrage, and then she fights Shevchenko again. That and she beats Andrage bad because, you know, she's way bigger. Andrage yeah. is 5'2". And, uh, you, and now they're demanding the rematch. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I'm with it. Um, 
can I play a little bit of devil's advocate? And I know this isn't Absolutely. popular, but we've gone into this with the whole conversation of what does she do when she loses the 125 belt? And I said, if just right, right. No, I gotcha. <laughs> but yes, this is the fight game and there is a possibility she wins. And, and I think one of the reasons that she does have a legit chance of winning the championship and reviving her career at 125. And this ain't a shot against Valentina. Cause I would pick Valentina in that fight, but going on your styles make fights when you look at that division and you look at misha tate she's never been very big in in her division you know and i know you're a big dolce guy and you want you want everybody to hook up with dolce go down a division and wrestle an ebi like everybody should exactly. do that like like that's, that's the, first the plan thing. yeah that's the, that's in the book that, that's what everybody has to do. But when I started really looking at it, I looked at all of her last fights. So four out of her last five fights, she was the smaller girl. Significantly. Mm-hmm. And she's two and three in those fights. And one of those wins was the Holly Holm fight, which, like you said, she was getting battered. So mm-hmm. her only really decisive win in her last five fights was over Renault, who's smaller than her. So I think her mm-hmm. style and then going down a division, I looked at all the fighters, the top end of outside of Shikagian, who is tall, but she's not. She would still be smaller than Misha Tate. Mm-hmm. Um, she would have a significant size advantage which pairs well with her style because she is a very good wrestler, but she's got slick head movement to help her get inside. So I think she could move in on most of these girls and manhandle them, you know, push them up against the fence, kind of Khabib style, you know, just manhandle them. Yeah, no, I would agree. Um, and, and this is one of the reasons why, of course, um, we really should have had this conversation before, um, you know, before everything was announced, because, you know, we, we could have talked about the possibilities. We wouldn't have known she's already fighting Murphy. We could have talked about a different path of going there, but I, I agree with everything you said. And it's not even so much of the girls being smaller. Andraza is significantly smaller, but most of the other girls, they're right around the same size because one of the things about Misha Although she fit into 35 well, her frame was not big for 35. So even some of the girls that were her size, frame-wise at 35, you have some of these girls that really just have like the bigger show, like the bigger frame, even if height-wise and everything, they're the same. You know, it's like... um, Holly Holm or Rocky. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think when she drops down to 25, she's going to be in there with girls of very similar frame. And if you remember, that was always the thing that I said about Valentina at 35. She just didn't have the frame for, you know, fighting some of those bigger girls. Although she had a lot of success, it, you know, her frame was always just a smaller frame where they needed a weight class for her. I think the issue with Misha was that was the only weight class. I believe she fought at. She could make it, you know, and, she had some success there and she was a title holder 
two times in that weight class. So it's harder to say, hey, go somewhere else, to your point, especially if you have the Rocky Balboa mentality, right? But um, I think what made it easier for her, even if in the back of her mind she was saying I should do it, she probably didn't want to do it. And what made it easy was when Pena won the title at 135, right? And now it's like, well, I feel like I'm a couple wins away from a title shot because you always are in the women's division, right? Um, But do I really want to fight, you know, uh, Pena? I don't. And now it makes it really easy for me just to drop down to 125. There's no big discussion around it. I don't want to fight my friend. And now, to your point, she moves from number eight at 135 to if she beats um, Murphy, you're talking about her being in the top five easy. They may not put her at, you know, number three where Murphy is, but you're talking about an easy break into the top five, um, you know, going that route. So you jump three spots just by moving division. So I think all of those things were... um, you know, were a big part of her thought process and get, you know, sometimes you just want to get that title one more time, right? And see if you can put together a run. And um, I believe 125 has some of the, you know, some of the younger girls. I just think the UFC really needs to do something kind of like in one of the last podcasts I mentioned, men's 125, you know, with DJ and I just felt like they did a terrible job at putting more talent in that division. Since he's left, they brought over a lot of talent. But when he was there, he fought the same guys over and over and over again. I think 125 is one of those things. And you figure um, right now, Shevchenko's about to fight uh, Santos. And if she beats Santos, it becomes, okay, you know, who's in the top five, as we talked about? Andrade, she beat her. Chukagian, she beat her. Murphy, she beat, like, who else is it left to fight? So you need that new blood coming down that can get a couple wins. And as I mentioned before, I would love to see if it's the conversation is already happening. Another fighter like uh, Koea coming down and doing the same thing. You know, some girls that had some success at 35, but really we're always undersized for those larger women with the bigger frames at 35. Yeah, absolutely. And most of the 125s are 115 pounders that were having a hard time making the cut. Mm-hmm. That's not Misha. So that'll be an advantage she's never right. had. And it's tough to it's tough to be a muscle fighter. Like Andrade is a muscle fighter. She's she's a bully. She's a tough guy. She's not going to be able to play that game well against Misha Tate, and that's an advantage that she's never had in her career. Yeah, that's the fight that I would be most excited about at one twenty five. Honestly, um, even more so than Misha fighting Valentina, I would love to see just the you know the the chess play of that particular matchup. Um, you know, one thing you, you said. Go ahead. When you said uh, that she's always like two fights away from a title or two wins away from a title shot. Yeah. Like Misha Tate is like the entire heavyweight division. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Like, you could re-sign Overeem today, he'd win two fights, and then you're like, yep, give him a title shot. This is this is the last chance. Let's sell it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, you know, until they find a way to really get a good farm system for some of these divisions, that's what you're going to have. Um, and I don't believe that the UFC has done a good job of that yet. One thing that we do have coming up, of course, um, is Pena Nunez Ultimate Fighter. I believe it's going to be another one of those split seasons where they're going to have men and women. Um, but they need to do something to really pull a bunch of new blood in for, you know, in particular this 125 division. I think 135 can last a little bit longer because of the change in the guard that just happened. I think that helps the division. But, you know, you give Valentina, you know, three more wins. I mean, you know, it, it's it's um, yeah, it, it would be it would be crazy. We, we we would have to see something different or we need Pena to win, uh, beat Nunez again. And then we need to uh, Shevchenko to win. And then we need to call for maybe a catch weight or something else, a rematch between those two. Because as I said, um, I think the, that fight was the most trouble or the person that, that gave Valentina the most problems, period. More so than Nunez. As you know, I think she won those Nunez fights, although they were close. I don't feel like Nunez ever actually had her in trouble. Whereas Pena actually had her in trouble at times. Although, once again, when you look at the outcomes, it wouldn't appear that way. But, you know, you can win a fight definitively. And and just like the Misha Tate, you know, we talked about, she absolutely beat Holly Holmes. She, you know, put her on, you know, choked her unconscious. But during that fight, she took a lot of abuse. And um, it wasn't that, Pena was close to stopping her or anything like that, but she definitely had a lot of control. She controlled that fight very heavily and where it went. And I would love to see that matchup again, you know, but other than that, you know, unless Misha, you know, can put together what we talked about and really give Valentina a run for her money. I just don't see anything else in that 125 mark to give Valentina any issues. Let me ask you this. How frustrating would it be for you if Misha Tate chokes out the best number one champion? I'd probably just stop watching MMA. You know, I, I decided it's all rigged. Uh, no, what's funny is... Um, I it's think... like when you build a golem, when your own monster comes back and bites you <laughs> in the ass. You know what I mean? Like... Oh, man, I said if she's going to come back, she should drop a weight class and do this and this, and she did it, and now she beat the best number one champion. I, I wouldn't God be mad. It. This is this is the reason why. I think Valentina is one of those mental fighters where a loss, even a stoppage, she wouldn't derail. And I think it would just give her life for the comeback. You know, I think she would come back and win in the rematch. And it might be the spark that she needs to go to that next level of MMA conversations, everything like that. And if it's a good fight, hey, you know, I'm not opposed to it. Um, 
she just doesn't seem like everything about her. She doesn't seem like a fighter that you can just break, you know, and, and you have certain fighters that's like that, like, uh, Vanderlei Silva was like that. You couldn't break Vanderlei Silva. He got worse at the end because of how many wars he, you know, was in. His chin was gone and everything like that. But you were not breaking Vanderlei Silva. His his mind was very strong, right? I, I put uh, Valentina in one of those slots. So she loses, you know, gets choked out. She comes back in her mind. She's still the best and she never lost. That's that's the way I see her. And I only say that because I watch her at her adversity in different fights and how she handles it, how she stays calm no matter what, everything like that. Now if she goes out there and Misha was able to completely batter her, you know, for four and a half rounds and knock her out, that's a different story. <laughs> you know? But, you know. She goes out there and gets choked out. I don't think it I don't think it affects much, you know, and and it may change the conversation as far as um I think you'll have more people that would still just consider Amanda Nunes the, you know, best ever women's champion. And I think right now, um Valentina is trying to take that. Right? I think she's going after trying to take that that taint, that title, that name, and everybody sees it as Amanda Nunes, that would be in jeopardy, but not much else in my opinion. She's definitely got a shot at it. and She's got the talent level, and that depends on how Nunez responds from the loss because she, she can be super focused in the gym right now and she's going to come back and throw Pena beaten like she was doing through the first round. And, yeah. you know, I don't know what happened, but something happened. And then she come back and tears it up. And then now you have a real battle for who it is. But mm-hmm. she also, that that might be the start of the Anderson Silva slide, you know. And I, I know it hurt your feelings with, with Anderson Silva. But, you know, I, being a, a Chuck Liddell fan and a BJ Penn fan, I've seen this numerous times so i knew i knew it doesn't matter i just want all the listeners to understand that Locke's goal in life is to come on this podcast and disrespect the podcast over and over again we know and we've talked about there's two people on this podcast you never say anything bad about anderson silva and ronda rousey and valentina's closely becoming that third person and what does he do every podcast find a reason to disrespect the best mma fighter the world has ever seen but that's okay probably, we don't let him slide probably the best we don't let him slide <laughs> i'm just saying no i it, it could yeah. be the start of that slide yeah you know, it I think, could be well, the spark that fires the career back up but it could be the slide into you know what i don't want to do this no more and i grab a couple paydays and i bounce out and then if that happens, Valentina has a real shot at becoming, not only becoming the new Amanda Nunez, but burying that and moving up to GOAT. And Nunez would still be on the Mount Rushmore, but Shevchenko can stiff arm on down to the, uh, give her the old Heisman down to second place. <laughs> yeah, no, um, it's so hard to tell, you know, what, 
It's so hard to tell, particularly with Amanda Nunes, and this is the reason why. I think Amanda Nunes has a lot of tools in her tool belt that she does not use because she's never had to use it. And mm-hmm. we've talked about this before, like with a lot of your wrestlers that fall in love with striking, stop wrestling without understanding that their wrestling made their striking so much more effective. And with Amanda Nunes, one of the biggest threats that she has, she hits really hard. And a lot of these women don't want to go toe-to-toe with her. When that polish is gone, and you have a few women that can stand in the pocket, and then they find out they can actually take the punch and deliver one, which is exactly what Pena did, it's a whole different scenario. And to your point, that may be the start of the fall. Whether it is or not, I'm not sure. Because I think even if Pena has her number... There's a lot of other women in that division that I just don't see beating her. But, um, as you know, I was always critical of Amanda Nunes because of what I felt like she just wasn't technical enough. And she relied too much on being able to stand in the pocket and just hit girls harder, right? Mm-hmm. And I think whenever you have that, where you become this single dimension, it becomes easier to defeat you. One of the things that I think Valentina has continuously tried to avoid, and I think that was one of the reasons why, I think it was that Andrade fight, when she just went out and took her down. And it was like, nobody's expecting this, right? Because she's a striker, and she's distance and everything like that. And it's like she she was making a statement saying, I'm the best and I'm going to beat you wherever. And I'll control what that wherever is. If Amanda Nunes is renewed and she comes out and we see her wrestling and we see her BJJ and she still has the heavy hands, I think you can see another title run, right? It's just... What Amanda Nunes do we get, especially as we talked about a couple podcasts ago, her leaving her long-time camp at ATT, and we don't know what that new camp is going to look like. So what if this? So what if Misha Tate, she goes on her championship run, right? And she beats Shevchenko. But it's a close one. So Shevchenko gets her rematch, and she beats her again. Then she cleans Mm -hmm. out the division. But so Mm -hmm. does Nunez. Right, mm-hmm. so Nunez comes back, smokes Pena, and goes back to dominating. And then Misha Tate goes back up to 135 to avenge her loss against Nunez, wins, and she's the new goat of all time, ahead of Shevchenko yeah. and mm-hmm. ahead of Nunez. Walt Disney couldn't have wrote it better. This right. is the issue. She could never beat. At that point in time, she doesn't move to number one. She just catapults Ronda Rousey's in number one because she can never beat Ronda Rousey. (laughs) And she lost twice with the same exact move. So, therefore, she pushes everybody down and stays below Ronda Rousey, and Ronda Rousey becomes number one goat. Uh, She got to pull the old fucking leapfrog. She got the automatic leapfrog. So, she's back here as long as Misha Tate's back here. But if exactly. Misha Tate goes to the front, she gets the hey, fucking leapfrog to the top. It's MMA math. 
<laughs> so that's but, the plan. Um, that's what we got to root for. <laughs> like I said, either that or um, I really would love to see. Um, I really would love to see Valentina Shevchenko, Pena two, if Pena wins, because I I think that would be a good fight. Um, like I said, possibly a catch weight. Um, they were not. This is what's weird, though. Shevchenko and Pena didn't seem to be that big of a difference in size. But Pena in that Amanda Nunes fight, she was Amanda Nunes' size or bigger. And Amanda Nunes, like, towered over Valentina Shevchenko. And it, it's it's been confusing in my mind to understand how that's even possible. I don't know if she literally bulked up for the Nunes fight, but I remember telling you, and I might even mention it on a podcast, when I saw them two next to each other, Pena and Nunes, I was like, why? Like, I was shocked. Like, how did she get that? So, like, I never known those two to be about the same size. And when I'm talking about, like, thickness, shoulders, like the whole thing where it was like, I was really surprised that she was able to bring that kind of size. And I wonder if it was one of those things that she did on purpose to add some size on to specifically to go after Nunez. I mean, maybe um, Pena's gotten older too, right? So she's uh, mm-hmm. sometimes you get a little bit bigger as, as you get older. But I would feel like if you got to get in there against Nunez, you would have to beef up a little bit, right? Like, yeah, because well, this do that is the fights. thing. I didn't feel like it was just weight. Like I said, it was almost like her frame got bigger. That's why I mentioned like shoulders and stuff like that. Usually, when I'm talking about people like size, Barry Bonds, I'm at... like HGA. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not thinking that. Like her head hey, looks you bigger. No, but you never know. But <laughs> at 29, her head got bigger. It was so bizarre. <laughs> but yeah, when I'm talking about the frame and the sizes, I'm not. I'm looking at you know the structure, the shoulders, these things that show a different kind of, you know, size other than just what's on the scale or just height or whatever. Like some people just have a different thickness to them that, that um, especially when you see them in the cage, in the ring or whatever, it's like, wow, they, I, I didn't expect these two individuals to be this kind of size. I did talk about before, Somebody, you know, had asked Valentina if there was a third fight between her and Nunez, would she try and bulk up? And she said no. And, you know, I went through that whole thing before. But um, it was just one of those things, you know, a lot of times before a certain podcast, you'll go back and watch a few fights and things of that sort. And, you know, seeing that was just one of those things where I was amazed for one that she was even close to size of Nunez based on structure and everything like that. And we see that it worked out really well for her, but that's also the reason why I would love to see that, that puzzle. I would love to see that chess match between Valentina and her at maybe a catch weight or something like that. If both of them win, maybe two more fights. Between Shevchenko and Pena at a catch weight. Yeah, catch weight. Yeah, I think there's no way. I think if they do it, Valentina's got got to go up and take that bantamweight title too. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, why not go up and take the title? But you know how it is sometimes with um, taking the title would be great because, of course, you become a champ champ. But then also what what ends up happening there, especially if Nunez is still around, then Nunez becomes next. Then she gets the title back. Like, you know, whereas, you know, a catchweight is more, you know, just kind of showing the best based on more of the stylistic matchup, if that makes sense. Now, I agree it's with like you, the, though. It's like the, the, the ancient Greece philosopher said, scared money don't make money. I think that was the ancient <laughs> Greek philosopher that said that. Like, you just got to do it. No, like, I, don't, if you're gonna, I don't think if, she would be scared at all. I think she would fight Amanda, uh, you know, five times. So yeah, I don't I think, think she's got to fight her at yeah, 135, though. A, Go up. I get that strategically the mm-hmm. catchweight helps her win. But I feel mm-hmm. like if you're going to do it, you're going for the you're going for the money. I wasn't even thinking about that it helps her win because I think she wins at 35. She's already beat her at 35, right? It was more just, especially when you go down and you stay at that lower weight, right? And you dominate and you build your body into that. And that extra 10 pounds and then going back down makes a difference. So unless you're planning on staying there and really fighting at that weight, I would rather you be at a, a more of a catch weight so that you can turn around and, you know, three months later be defending your regular title, right? Now, you you have Amanda Nunes that kind of did it, but if you remember, she left that title. She didn't really fight the 135 title for a bit. She was, you know, she fought, I think, like three fights in a row at 145 and then moved back down to 35. And... You know, not too long after that, what happened? She just lost the fight. So I think it's a big thing doing that jump and back down. I think if if Nunez is out of the picture, Shevchenko can do that. I agree, but I don't think Nunez is out of the picture. (laughs) I don't think so either. I think she's going to come back and beat everybody's ass. (laughs) She's going to be pissed. That's what I think. Yeah, but... I guess the big thing, though, is um, that we both can agree on is that um, this has been, I think it's a renewed situation for Misha Tate. What I like about it is we just talked about Misha Tate a few episodes ago, talking about the comebacks that happened in MMA. Um, I was one to say that I felt like She should not have come back. And it was more along the lines of, I didn't feel like she could put together a good title run at 135. At 125, this is a whole different story. It's a whole different person. And we don't know what we're going to see, but I think we'll see something, you know, something really good. And just to, to go back to what I was saying a minute ago, I pulled up. Nunez, yeah, she she fought um she fought a slew of fighters at thirty five. I mean at forty five, and as soon as she moved back down to thirty five is when she lost that title. So going to my point, because she fought um she fought home Durandamy, Spencer and Anderson, I believe all at and uh um Cyborg all at forty five. And then she goes back to defend her 35 title and loses to Pena. That 10 pounds make a difference. 
it's hard for your body to adjust twice that quickly, especially when you're set at a certain weight class, you go up, you adjust. It's hard to adjust going back down and fitting back in, um, you know, but just to throw that in there. But yeah, Misha Tate, 125, good thing. Any last things from you? Yeah, so I think Valentina, I think she's probably good enough that she could just do it and just not cut the weight and then still be able to cut down, like not commit to that weight class. I mean, and it, that weight class has plenty to sort out on its own anyways for title contention. You know what I mean? So I think she's good enough. I mean, she's not small. So I think that she can just not cut the weight and still bring that speed to the table and physically be able to compete because she didn't drain herself. So there's that advantage and then use skill to overcompensate. But your your whole thing, that was like a uh, example why it's it's so frustrating having these debates with you because even when you're wrong, you just like hit him with the Kansas City shuffle where you're like, well, it's, it's kind of <laughs> like we're both right anyways. And I was still right. Like, yeah. God damn it. Every time I lose, I take it on the chin. Every time, every time you're wrong, you're like, well, it's kind of like I was still right. Well, no, see, the issue is that I was right and I wasn't wrong. You just wanted me to be wrong. And I just <laughs> proved that I was right. <laughs> damn it. You were right the whole time. <laughs> yeah, but no, hopefully, hopefully this means more excitement coming into 125. Hopefully a few more, uh, hopefully she has some success and it helps a few more of those undersized 35ers drop down to uh, 25. Oh, you know what? Let me, I'm going to throw one more thing in there that I noticed today and I'm going to double check to see if it has changed. I don't know if it means anything or if it's literally a web issue. Yeah, it's still like this on the UFC site right now. They have no women's featherweight rankings. So no ranking for 145. Um, I don't know if something's going on they haven't talked about or if it's just an issue with the website right now. But I did notice that. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Kayla Harrison, um, UFC wasn't in contention anymore. It, it somehow it narrowed down between Bellator and IFL or whatever. And I believe she's about to, if she didn't already sign back with IFL. Um, so, and I think they were counting on her to bring some new blood into that 145. So hell, they may be getting rid of that division. Not the IFL, the PFL. All right. PFL. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You are yeah. correct. You are correct. Her and Cyborg are getting after it on Twitter. (laughs) Hey, I love to see it. Kayla's a, uh, Kayla's a big girl. So I would love to, um, absolutely see that. And it's crazy how one loss, just, you're not even a part of the conversation anymore. Cyborg loses to Amanda Nunez and she doesn't even exist anymore. You know, I think, I think the, the women's divisions are going through this real era where they're top heavy, where they have some really talented fighters, but the in between isn't quite there. You know, like the a lot of the older fighters have started to fade, but the young people didn't quite step up. So they yeah. definitely need to come up with some kind of a, a farm system. But it's, but the 
that's the problem. So like Kayla Harrison, yeah, she's a stud. That'd be exciting. But she's at one forty five. All the talent spread out. Right. You you, you know mm-hmm. you don't have anything clumped up anywhere with the UFC. I you think clearly she was see even fighting as high as one fifty five. Yeah. Well, yeah, she cuts down to one forty five because that's a real division. Fighting at one fifty five at females, that's like fighting at super heavyweight. Like, yeah, you can do that over in Japan or in Valley Tudo or whatever, but like maybe on some Indian reservation. But you can't, you know, get a real fight at super heavyweight. You need to cut down to two sixty five. Yeah, no, I I agree, and that that's always going to be one of those tough things. It's not too many women that's going to be able to get in phenomenal shape that would still weigh 155 pounds. Their frames are just smaller, you know. When they really get in the shape, they're going to be a lower weight, you know. So absolutely. Um, anything else before we wrap this up? No, that's it. Okay, go, well, thank go you. Go, Misha. Break DC's heart. <laughs> Win two fights and then lose to the best number one champion. <laughs> so this has been another episode of the Fat Boy MMA Podcast. Thank you for listening and come again. That wraps up another Fat Boy MMA Podcast. If you have a topic for us, please email us at fatboymma55 at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media by going to links.fatboymma.com. That's links.fatboymma.com. Thank you for listening. Just see it.